station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host. I'm going to guess and call her movie Forger, <laughs> Melissa Kirscher. Hello. And uh, with that, that's the only people we have here. That's it. Yes. It's just, just you and me, of, Tim. Just the two of us. It's happened a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of those where uh, we had some weather. So we mm-hmm. lost our guests. So you may be joining us to hear us talk about The Princess Bride if you're, like, doing this in order. Mm-hmm. But that's not what's going to happen. Right. We're going to do Princess Bride hopefully next, next. time. <laughs> next time we'll do The Princess Bride w- with any luck at all. Mm-hmm. But this time we are going to do F is for fake. Am I getting that right? F for fake. F for fake. Yes. Which uh, I haven't seen. And I have. So, Tim, (laughs) what can you tell me about F4 Fake? Well, I believe it is a documentary. Yes, you are correct. Uh, Because uh, when we talked about doing this movie, you were pointing out that we don't do a lot of documentaries. So we needed to add more documentaries Mm -hmm. to our... To our list of movies, so that that's my assumption there. I um I've heard of it. It is there's an outside, but I think small possibility that I've seen it, but I don't think so. Uh, I think you've probably seen possibly the opening scene because mm. it's something that occasionally is played during uh, Alamo Draft House interstitial bits. Ah, okay, well, all right, and and so you might watch the opening scene and go. Oh, that's where this is from. And I think it's about forgeries, art forger, or okay. art forgery. Okay. But I could be wrong. It could be about many other fakes. It could be mm-hmm. about fake signatures or uh, people who make fake food or uh, counterfeiting, mm-hmm. That which is another kind of forgery, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be about a lot of things. But, but my memory suggests to me that it's about forgeries. And okay. uh, I could be right or wrong. I, I, I literally... Don't know because indeed, uh, if I have seen this movie, it has been erased from my memory. But if I have not, then I would know, not know. I, I think you would remember if you had seen it. Just, Ha-ha. but we Ha-ha. can we can get into that in the second half. Okay. Um, th- Back to this get, get into whether or not I would remember. Yeah, this movie is from the Criterion Collection. It is uh, from 1975, made by famous cantankerous auteur Orson Welles. Oh, I've heard of him. Yes, and we've even done a few of his movies. Because we've done Citizen Kane and we did Lady from Shanghai. I think those are the. Did we? Yeah, we did. Okay. Because Lady from Shanghai was playing at the Trilon and we did. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, okay. <laughs> yeah, because that, that was the one he did with uh, Rita Hayworth. And yeah. Anyway, uh, so we've talked about Orson Welles before, and this is well late into his career because this was the 70s. This was about when he was doing um, wine commercials. <laughs> and not much else. <laughs> and not a whole lot else. And as. Uh, health wasn't great because he was uh, he was he had become a very very large man, robust, a very robust, robust man. gentleman. <laughs> yes, yes, Fam- famous for his voice, and uh, yeah, he's. I find this movie fascinating, and um, I really did want to do this right after. Um, this is Spinal Tap for various reasons, which okay. will become clear, <laughs> hopefully, by the end. So that's well, and it turns out we are doing it right after Spinal Tap. Yeah, yeah, it uh, turned so out it turned out okay. Thank it you. It all weather. worked out. Mm-hmm. So, so we we'll be back on the uh, Christopher Guest train next time with Princess Bride, if, right. if that's how 
this goes. But that's how things work out. Yeah. But right now, we're going to watch a movie by Orson Welles that may or may not be a documentary mm-hmm. uh, and may or may not be about forgeries. Yes. But indeed is something to do with Orson Welles. Yes. And and fake is a good descriptor. So, yes. Mm. Well, we shall see. Yes. All right. Well, we'll be back on the other side of this movie. Okay. And we are back. Many frames have been frozen. Many monkeys have looked on. And we have watched F for Fake with Orson Welles. Yes. Lots of Orson Welles. He's just plastered all over this movie. Oh, yeah. It's it's very much... Orson Welles entered a period, I think, in about the mid-60s where he just decided, you know, he'll just talk about himself oh, most Orson of the time. Oh, Orson Welles films are about <laughs> Orson Welles. I mean, if you have that voice, you might as well use it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if I could really do an Orson Welles compression, I would probably talk that way the rest of this episode. But I really yeah, can't. I can't, I can't do it. I can't impression either. So so you know we're gonna have to gonna have to make do with what we've got. Yeah. We, we can just make a lot of jokes about Hungarians and call it good. Hungarians. Hungarians. You have to be able to do a Hungarian accent. And be double jointed. And be double jointed. <laughs> which is a different movie. Which we also watched yes. many, many moons ago. That has nothing to do with Orson Welles. Uh, I do not do a Hungarian accent, as I believe this. <laughs> you do a pretty good Martin obvious. Landau doing. Martin Landau doing a Hungarian accent, yeah. perhaps. But uh, so, uh, yeah, I guess uh, I, I have to talk about. <laughs> yes. What, I, what did you think, Tim? You know, it was so avant-garde. It was just, oh my God, it was yeah. just, it was just uh, it was smeared, besmeared <laughs> with avant-garde all over the place. And I, I can't say that avant-garde is, is my favorite movie making yeah. technique uh, because I think it's kind of, I don't know. I, you know, I like Orson Welles as a filmmaker mm-hmm. and I thought uh, this was kind of, what do I want to say, uh, pretentious. Oh, it's pretentious as fuck. <laughs> it, <was just> like, <laughs> it is so pretentious. Yeah, you and yet know. I'm endlessly fascinated by it. And I think, and uh, I've recently been watching some Jean-Luc Godard movies of about the same um, vintage, and there it's the editing style is very similar to like later French New Wave stuff. So I think that's what you're picking up on in the editing style. Yeah, well, that's definitely, uh, it was definitely there. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that there would be an interview and then the frame would just freeze and I'm just like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, because what, what, you didn't like the next frames, but you like the, what they said maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, it's certainly uh, trying to play with your perception of what's real and what's not real. Mm-hmm. You know, he says he's telling you the truth, but you can never really be sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and and then he definitely by the end he's saying, "Yeah, I've been lying my head off for the last seventeen minutes." And you're like, "Well, how do I know you weren't lying before that? Yeah, you lying liar, lying lie lie." But I, I mean, actually, I, I he said, "I'm gonna tell you the truth the next hour." I'm like, "Well, the movie's longer than an hour, so mm-hmm. at some point." He's going to start lying. Right. Or he said, I'm going to tell you the truth for an hour, but never told you which hour. Right. Um, and perhaps if we added up the minutes of the film together, we would find an hour of truth <laughs> with carefully manufactured <laughs> lies. 
Uh, and and I'm, I'm interested to find what is the truth. You know, what I found really interesting is there was sort of a presumption that you knew the hoaxes he was talking about. And part of it is, um, well, part of that's because the, well, let's back up a little bit. Orson Welles was hired to direct by the guy you see uh, as the cinematographer. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Reichenbach. Francois. Uh, yeah. I think uh, he called him Francois. Francois Reichenbach. And um, the original film was going to be about uh, Elmir, the the art forger. The forger, yeah. And uh, so they had started- I got that part right. I, I'm yeah. just saying there was forgery in there. Oh, there was tons of forgery. Yeah. So um, it was originally going to be just about Elmir, and in 1972, as they were still working on this movie, like the, the footage that Reichenbach had already taken, and then he handed it over to Wells, 1972 is when the story about Irving hit- so that's when that whole scandal erupted, uh, and it was a, it was a very famous thing where this entirely fraudulent book about Howard Hughes uh, turned out to be fake, and so this movie came out about three years after that. So there, there is partly a presumption that you already know about the Irving story, and that's because that was recent news, right? At this point, and that uh, from a from a modern perspective, proved challenging. Yeah. Since I didn't know that story. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine most people watching the movie these days would not know that story. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's a lot of, there's a lot going on where there, the, the movie itself presumes you know mm -hmm. some of this. Uh, they, don't, they don't presume you know about Elmir, but they presume you know about Clifford Irving and, yeah. and, and, and that he apparently had written a biography of Elmir Yes. Before he wrote the fake piece, the mm -hmm. fake book about Hughes. Hughes. And so there's our link. Mm -hmm. And I presume that, that the link in the filmmaking was that, you know, he wanted to interview Irving about Elmir. And then, of course, this other thing comes up. Mm -hmm. And now he's a big old faker himself, having learned at the, the feet of another faker mm -hmm. how to fake. And so uh, then the documentary branched out into other avenues of fakery you know it, he brings up war of the worlds which of course he was involved in directly among other things and so um i think it's a very interesting project and clearly one that evolved over its lifetime and i think possibly part of the reason that wells himself is the center of the documentary is just to make it all fit together but I might be just giving him more credit because he really did like talking about himself a lot. He did. He was very fond of himself. Oh, very. I, I don't. Very. I don't think that anybody, uh, no matter what you think about Orson Welles, can argue that he was not mm -hmm. fond of himself. <laughs> and and definitely the inclusion of Oja Oja Kotar, um, who was his girlfriend at the time. Oh, sure. Why yeah. Not? Yeah. And and like many many long lingering shots and including her. Um, seems a little bit egregious, but it also turns out she apparently had an uncredited uh, role as a writer on the documentary. Huh. So she was partly involved in it, and she was very involved in Orson Welles' life for his later years and up until his death. Sure. Um, she was actually one of the recipients of his will, the other one being one of his daughters. And hmm. They never got married, but... 
if they had, she would have been his fourth wife. Gotcha. <laughs> well, I mean, there were lots of shots of her walking. That's for sure. That was a lot of walking. She did a lot of walking, mm-hmm. um, which at times was was I thought, yeah. Again, it was overdone. It was it it, it had that sort of pretense to it. You know, mm-hmm. we got into the fake bits about Picasso and mm-hmm. and and just it's like, do we really need to have these these shots of Picasso looking through the blinds and mm-hmm. then? His girlfriend, as we now know, walking mm-hmm. and then more shots of Picasso looking through the blinds and mm-hmm. and so on. Uh, or or the thing that I was really noticing this time through was uh, how many shots of Orson Welles talking also involved dinner. Huh. <laughs> he, he eats a lot in this Yeah, time. I mean, one wonders why uh, Orson Welles <laughs> and later in his life was such a large fellow. Oh, It seems food was something he was very fond of. Oh, he loved food. It was very much a gourmand. Well, and, so did and Vincent then... Price, but he wasn't that big. <laughs> no. So. No, he was he was famously way into. I'm pretty history. sure that he liked food like Vincent Price liked food, but he didn't like walking as much as <laughs> as much as Vincent Price or or something or like something that. like or that CrossFit or, or whatever it is. I'm, I'm fat shaming Orson Welles. I apologize, listeners. The, the part where he spills wine on the map, it's like oh. Wells and your wine. It probably just happened and they left yeah. it in. Oh, I, I'm I'm sure it did, but you know that just brings back the the memories of what was it, Paul Maison wine. Yes. <laughs> yes. No wine served. They'll sell no wine before it's time. time. Whatever. Yes. Means. Yeah. Yes. I, I um. Yeah. And and you know there were things about the film like like. Times when the looping was just terrible. <laughs> yeah, although I wonder, I, I, I wonder that was how on much purpose. I, I I think it was, or it might have just been terrible. <laughs> uh, it it does feel like whether it was on purpose or not, it kind of feeds into this feeling like you don't quite know what's true. You don't know what the whole story is at any one given point in time. It that, contributes uh, the, to the effect. I don't know if it's intentional or because not. the movie is about fakes and forgeries. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like almost intentional the way there's, you know, they'll they'll sh- they'll they'll show interviews with Elmir, but there were times where it felt like they were playing different audio, mm-hmm. you know, or just shots of him with audio. Or heck, even the the inclusion of the little bits from War of the Worlds; those aren't actually from the broadcast. Those right. aren't those aren't the actual War of the Worlds broadcast, and I don't know why they replaced it. Maybe it was a rights issue. Maybe it was just they wanted better audio for the movie. I don't know. Maybe it was just because it's all fake. Maybe. Maybe because maybe because that was their theme: mm-hmm. fakery, trickery, <laughs> sleight of filmic hand. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I yeah. mean. Certainly, an interesting film to have watched. It's it's not a filming style that I I, I greatly enjoy, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I was frustrated at the, I was frustrated at times because I really wanted this to get into that story of Irving and Elmira more. Oh yeah, and never really felt like the movie let me into that. Yeah, it was all like, well, look at this curiosity uh, that I'm just going to let you in while I'm going to do all these filmmaking styles and aren't I clever because I'm Orson Welles mm-hmm. and I'm gonna I'm gonna pontificate at at length because <laughs> he just he's like he just oh does. oh. 
I need to be Orson Welles for a little while and tell you what I'm thinking about as a result of some of the things going on. And Here's a and, full four minutes of me talking over images of Notre Dame. I would, yeah. Just because. I know. Why part, the hell not? Was, I was just like, <laughs> what the fuck, Orson? I mean, it's like, your Orson. prose is lovely, but oh my God. You, you, you're just, just kind of like, wandering off. <laughs> I, he wanted to do Shakespeare so bad. I but just the thing it. is, when he got to do Shakespeare, you've seen Chimes at Midnight, right? Yeah. That's freaking brilliant. I love that movie. But... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Orson Welles is false stuff I'm all for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes sense, doesn't yeah. it? Oh, it does. <laughs> it, dear it dear does. listeners, Chimes at Midnight is really an amazing movie. I love that one. And that's Orson Welles doing Shakespeare. Yeah. This movie is Orson Welles. Occasionally doing Orson Welles, not Shakespeare, but kind of, (laughs) kind of. I'm going to do this long quote by this this thing, this artist or this writer that seems important to what I'm doing right now. That's not Orson Welles. I don't do an Orson Welles, but Mm -hmm. anyway. So what I what what trivia. Do we know about this well, movie? Well, let's see. Oja uh, Kodar is still around. Okay. Um, well, she see, she's, um, she was pretty young in this movie. Yeah, and uh, it was it was a May December romance to say the very least. Yes. Perhaps more like February December. But she's been um, kind of constantly involved in um, projects after Wells's death. Um, when did Wells die? It was mid eighties, yeah, like eighty five. Because his last movie was doing a voice for Transformers yes. the movie. <laughs> Transformers, yes. Speaking of which, uh F for Fake, I believe, was his last feature length directorial job. So that huh. was ten years before his death. He he did various shorts and other stuff, but this and was lots his last of Paul Masson commercials. Yeah, and um after there were some unfinished projects that came out posthumously, like um, his Don Quixote film was kind of patched together out of of existing footage at one point. And yeah, this year, Other Side of the Wind finally came out. And I haven't actually looked into that project. And I know that uh, Oja Kadar was actually trying to stall it out, but, you know, it finally went ahead without her and... Um, Came out this year. So huh. I need to look further into that. But Oja Kadar, um, that's not her real name, even though he, he says said it was. He said it was. It's not. Uh, her real name is Olga Palenkas. She's from Croatia. They met. Not Hungary? No. Huh. No. And at the time, that was Yugoslavia. So huh. uh, they met when Orson Welles was filming the trial in 1962. And I was going to guess they met while he was dating her grandmother. But anyway, ah, no, right. not quite. Uh, but I believe it was while he was still married to the third Mrs. Wells. And so there was some contention there. But anyway, I won't get into that. They um, met a few years later, and that's when they began their relationship. And that kind of continued through at the end of his life. Um. As for, let's see, I totally lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I got into the world where the world's audio was not the real thing. Um, also, all the uh, 
the footage of UFO invasion um, was not from any version of War of the Worlds. The, uh, it didn't look like it. Yeah, it's from Earth versus the Flying Saucers, which, if I remember right, uh, featured special effects by Ray Harryhausen. Oh, Ray Harryhausen, yeah, yo. If, if, I, I'm, that's just out the top of my head. All I right, think, well done, Ray. I think that's right. I know you're dead, but anyway. <laughs> um, Shout out to you anyway, Ray. A couple of the other things I caught this time through, um, and, and through a little bit of research, they do mention that Elmir was briefly in jail in Spain, but it wasn't for forgery. It was for the fact that he was gay. He was in, yeah, he was I, in I prison. Yeah, I picked up on, on the fact that he was probably gay, even yeah. though they don't really mention it at all. Yeah. Yeah, and the gaydar went off. The gaydar did go off, and I don't know. Maybe it was the belted sweater, but that did that did help. <laughs> I, I did I did like the the kid from Minnesota just suddenly becoming his live in bodyguard. Yeah, yeah, and many yeah. many many drawings of men. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, it was interesting to me that the documentary mentions he was put in jail, but it. It kind of implies it was for art forgery, and it wasn't. Um, Elmir did uh, commit suicide about two years after this movie came out because Spain was finally going to hand him over to France uh, to the authorities. And ah, so the French were not nuts about him being so excited about forging. Yeah, apparently. Huh. You know, and, and, and I got to admit, I, the, the, some of the disappointment that I felt in this movie was – you know, when they're talking about the fact that they took these this this fake mm-hmm. to museum curators and said, you know, this is a fake. And they'd be like, oh, well, obviously it's a fake. Then they'd take it to somebody else and say, well, this is a fake. And they go, this is real. And they, they'd say, oh, yeah, well, obviously it's real. I mean, you can see from this to this to this. And it's like in watching regular documentaries, what I want is I want to see them test that. Oh, hypothesis, yeah. you know, because all they're doing is they're telling me that this happens. I'm like, yeah, but but I want to see you take this to a bun- to a bunch of experts mm-hmm. and say, is this real or is it a forgery? Right. Yeah, and right. take or take two paintings and put them in front of them and say, one of these is real, one of these is a forgery. Mm-hmm. Which is which? Which is which? Yeah, and there'd be. Utterly fascinating. I'd love to see that. Especially if both of them were forgeries. Mm-hmm. And see which of them are like, oh, well, if any of them would go, actually, they're, they're both clearly fakes. Mm-hmm. Or if they'd all just pick one to be the forgery and one to be real because the experts don't know anything. Um, that that was that was an area where I was just, just like super disappointed. I'm like, come on. Well, um, and and especially since this was a world well before the internet. I mean, when you're trying to... And in, in well before a lot of the uh, technologies that we're using now to validate whether things are real or fake and sure. in the art world. Um, yeah, it's uh, how much information were they really working on when saying this is a real Picasso? They're mostly eyeballing it. Yeah, right? they're they mostly going, just eyeballing they it. They were going, oh, Picasso did his did his brush strokes like this and this mm-hmm. doesn't have the same brush strokes. Well, Picasso changed his brush strokes a goddamn many times. How, how could anybody tell? Right. Right. And the uh, something I started, my brain started drawing conclusions between was like that opening shot of uh, Oja walking across the street with all the male admirers. There were so many, there was, I think, only one shot in there where you actually saw her in the same frame as one of the gawkers. Right. And there's no proof 
of any of those other edits that were, they were actually looking at her at all. They could have been filmed on a completely different day in a different location. Who knows? Uh, all we all we, from pulled from stock footage. Yeah, and all we were given for real information or or just information was Orson Welles telling us these are gawkers looking at Oja. So, I mean, we are pattern-seeking creatures, definitely. <laughs> and and I think part of passing off an art forgery, at least in those days, was just, this is real, and just planting that seed in somebody's brain. And Which them... feels like the central theme of the film, because yeah. so much of what's going on in this film is people telling us what is... What 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 is the truth? Yeah, with very little exploration of whether or not it's the truth, and that's why he performs his own cinematic sleight of hand at the end. Yeah, where he tells us what the truth is, and they then comes back and says, "Well, it's not the truth at all." Mm-hmm. Oh, and I mean, it's why there are magic tricks. I mean, the the film literally starts with Orson Welles doing a magic trick. Well, I'm pretty sure it starts with a hand model doing a magic trick, but... Actually, I think Orson Welles was way into doing sleight of hand. I I believe that, too, but the thing is that the magic trick was never in the same camera shot as Orson Orson Welles' face. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if it's Orson Welles doing the trick, and we know Orson Welles' ego, wouldn't he have (laughs) wanted it to be really clear that it was him doing the trick? Uh, We'll see. I don't know, because that was one of those things that kind of... I I I was like, oh, Orson Welles can't be doing the trick, or he would have kept his entire body in the frame, so you can all be like, damn, well, that Orson Welles in his sleight of, fr- sleight of hand, or there would have been in, I mean, it would have been shot over the shoulder or something mm-hmm. for us to recognize that it's Welles instead of just a close in of the hands, mm-hmm. you know. In which case, I've got the David Bowie doing the doing <laughs> the, the the fake the fake contact juggling in Labyrinth, yeah, kind of kind of response to it, which is, well, clearly these are not David Bowie's hands, and clearly these are not Orson Welles' hands, but that all plays into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the sleight of hand, again, the, the we are being told that Orson Welles is doing the sleight of hand, but he's mm-hmm. not. We're being told that this guy is a great forger and that museum curators can't tell the difference, but mm-hmm. we don't know if it's true or not. We just kind of accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, people were told that this writer had all this information from Howard Hughes and everybody just kind of accepted it. Yeah. So when we get to the end of the movie, Orson Welles is like, look, you're all like, you can't believe it. How Mm -hmm. can anybody fall for this? And now I'm going to make you fall for the same thing. Mm -hmm. And see how easy it is. And yeah. And I get that that's what he was trying to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd have liked the way he did it, but I, I, I certainly could see that that was the, the, way he was framing it through the end. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And I, and I think it's, I, I mean, the reason I wanted to do this one after Spinal Tap is because Spinal Tap is also a documentary lie, essentially. Sure. Of a very different breed, but it, I like F for fake in that it really brings to the front some, a lot of thoughts I have about documentary films because Documentary films, a lot of people think this is the truth or close to the truth or at least somebody's interpretation of the truth or or the truth at a, a certain point in time. And really, documentaries are just different levels of propaganda. 
honestly. Because even something like Andy Warhol's Empire, which was literally, what, 15 straight hours of unbroken shots of the Empire State Building and that's it, um, there are still choices made by the filmmaker. It's like, where, what building did you pick? What time of day it is? Um, what is the length of the movie and all that? And, where did you and there's a, the camera? Yeah, and there's a, a certain... There is a collapsing viewpoint, and the truth is always filtered through the filmmakers. And so you can <coughs> get to certain levels of truth within documentary, but you know you, it also can veer way over into the propaganda side. I mean, look at uh, Triumph of the Will, or to be an extreme example, <laughs> or even or even uh, Fahrenheit 9/11. I mean, yeah. Michael Moore. Oh God, yeah. Is he has a very de- definitive point, a definite point mm-hmm. of view, and even even if what he's saying is true, he is he is showing it through his lens of truth. Absolutely. Um, and we are interpreting it through our lens of truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yes, that is that is one hundred percent. A documentary is always a choice. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, by me, by me saying it's propaganda, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just my word for saying it's just because it's on video doesn't necessarily mean it's the whole story. Right. A filmmaker <laughs> still is choosing what we see. Yeah. There's always editing. There's the choice of story, everything like that. And they are, yeah. there's frequently narration added. The narration will frequently guide our our eyes and our mind to what they want us to pay attention to in 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 certain shots. Even even if there isn't, mm-hmm. you know, the way the shots are composed, the way they're they're put together, the sequence they're put together is likely going to build a narration within our brain. Right. Um, and and that's intentional. I mean, what's the point of just watching on you know, watching unedited newsreel footage. Probably. <laughs> Just watching Empire. Yeah. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> One of these days, <laughs> I'll have an Empire party. We are not. We are not doing that we, for real education, dear no, listeners. We're not. I, I imagine it would get kind of like those those reels of um, of fire footage for the for the tv during the holidays oh yeah the yule log yeah yeah, like if you just stare at that long enough you start like forming a narrative around it. it's like oh oh is that that log's gonna fall real soon okay maybe maybe not now but but soon Ah. there's suspense here oh my god a dog wandered into the shot you know just oh my god the dog how long has it been there (laughs) yes you just show up I mean, was it just sitting outside the frame for the last twenty minutes, waiting? <laughs> that that area of ash looks like Jesus. Yeah, it it. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, we are pattern-seeking creatures, <laughs> and that's what F for fake is all about. Um, it's now, about when the dog wanders. Into is the there frame. any other important trivia we need to know before we move on to final thoughts? I don't think so. I think I uh, hit just about everything I I had. Okay. Yeah, it, it's hard to add a lot, whole lot more to a documentary, honestly. True. It, although there was so much yeah. the documentary left out, I was hoping we might. Oh God, I know. Oh, there is a movie about. It's called The Hoax, and I think it's about Irving, about Clifford Irving and that whole deal. So mm. uh, I think it came out maybe about ten years ago, but, and I don't know if it's. I've never seen it. I, I don't know if, if it's it actually any footage good, of this but, movie. I don't know. Um, it's not. It's not a documentary. It's a. It's a 
it's uh, a baser and true a, it's story a, it's one. A, it's a biopic or it's a, a biopic <laughs> biographer fictional <laughs> fictionalized story where he was weirded out at, by uh, Orson Welles's pronunciation of biographer I'm, always, was. I'm weirded out by many of his choices of how he pronounces <laughs> words biographer <laughs> biography it's a biography <laughs> <laughs> okay Melissa what is your final thought <laughs> Aside from Orson Welles' strange pronunciations of biography, I just I want to make a drinking game of all the times he was eating. Ah. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> Seriously, there there are so many dinner parties in this movie, and I think they were all set up just so he could eat. Yes, I am so so very. Enchanted by that. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. You know, my, my final thought is, I guess, watching this movie, there were many times where I got the impression that, uh, and this is probably true, that Orson Welles is one of those famous people who regularly has parties with other famous people. Oh, God, that, yeah. And, and, and he has them sit around so he can tell stories about himself. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and that there's a certain impression one gets watching this movie that much of it was filmed at those dinner parties, yes, <laughs> and that that uh, that he simply invited over interesting people, allowed himself to not tell stories about himself for at least a little while, mm-hmm. long enough to let them tell their own stories, and then and then film it. And uh, if if there wasn't enough uh, from what they told, then he would just occasionally fill in with his own with his own narration at points to just mm-hmm. sort of fill in the gaps. Um, which I, I mean, I, you know, I can make fun of Orson Welles a lot for for who he was and how he behaved, and 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 nonetheless, it 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 is amusing to think of the that this film was made that way, <laughs> um, and even. But boy, wouldn't you like to be part of one of those parties? Well, yeah, you'd want to have been invited. <laughs> yes, I have nothing else. The food would have been fabulous. Oh my God, did you see those lobsters? I imagine <gasps> the wine would also have been fabulous, but I don't like wine. But well, I'll but, take the wine. You take the lobsters. Yeah, Vincent Price probably would have been there. <laughs> probably he probably would have been there, yeah. um, telling stories in a different room, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there we go. F. For fake, dear listeners, next time uh, it is going to be the Princess Bride. So, we but hope well, we you... sure hope so. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, we hope you come back for that one. And thank you for listening. Bye. Bye bye. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on a real education. Dee, dee, dee.